And welcome back once again to yet another special edition of HR Talk. I'm JC, back from assignment, and I have a great interview this week with a holistic nutritionist expert who helps move directly into companies, educating employers, employees, and organizations through wellness plans on how to better take care of themselves and their world. Well, unfortunately at this time, though, I don't have that opportunity to sit down with Rick because I'm on assignment. So with that being said, let's please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who's got the cash in his pockets and has nothing but fun and excitement to burn in his life. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the star of your show, Ricky Bias. Wow, what an intro. Thank you, JC. Really appreciate it. I don't know if I got cash to burn in my pocket or that kind of excitement, but thank you. Really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ricky Baez coming to you live from the A1A Beachfront Studios South. That was my partner in crime, JC, um, from the A1A Beachfront Studios North, and he is still on assignment. Let me tell you, um, he's on assignment for a reason. He was able to connect with an amazing individual, and um, I'm not going to tell you too much about it, but let me tell you this. With everything happening in the world today, with COVID-19, everybody getting Zoom burnout, I never even thought that was a thing, but apparently it is. Um, people get burnt out easily. And when when it comes to a, to a total compensation package, people take a look at either the pay or the benefits. And if you heard the show last week, I was speaking with a couple of entrepreneurs over in, over in HR Florida talking about the importance of health and welfare benefits and the importance of really communicating and educating the associates everything about their health, what kind of opportunities they can have and what kind of resources they have within an organization to help them deal with everyday stressful life. Because look, um, a day is made up of 24 hours and then you're eight hours at work, eight hours with your family or other responsibilities and eight hours of sleep. And <laughs> it'll be nice to think that you spend exactly eight hours in one of those three things, but you spend at least eight hours at least at work, sometimes 10, sometimes 12. And then you, <laughs> these, you're a second set of it where you're, you're, you're messing with your family or you are um, attending other responsibilities or going to school, whatever the case may be. That's another at least eight hours. And the part that suffers in your day is sleep. And then if you don't get good sleep, then when you wake up the next day, it's going to ruin that and it's going to ruin um, after work and then you lose more sleep. It's a vicious cycle. So the reason I'm really excited about this interview is because it brings a different approach on how to deal with burnout and it focus on education for the associates as well as the employers and not to force the employees to do specific things, but to give them options, different different ways how to deal with stress and deal with burnout because that really, it, it, it is a real thing. So with that said, I'm not going to hype it up too much. I'm going to kick it back to my man, JC. That way he can go ahead and, uh, and take us down that path of holistic nutrition. Check it out. And ladies and gentlemen, we are at that time in the program where it's not only my honor, but my pleasure to welcome a highly recommended and respected guest to the program. When we're talking about rock stars in the industry, some people solely focus on what they know in their backyard. But this professional coming on the program today is a internationally acclaimed rock star in the world of health and wellness. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to HR Talk, Jordana Levine. Thank you. <laughs> if, if it's okay by you, I mean, I, I was talking to the uh, gentleman that recommended you to the program, uh, Josh, uh, Josh Seal, great guy, you know, and uh, and he said if if you two hit it off, she might contract you to follow her around and just announce her life. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Yeah, that would be a, like pretty exciting. I'm <laughs> mostly at home by myself these days, so. <laughs> Jordana reaches to the right for a glass of water. The glass is half full. She like literally just did for anyone that, as, as you know, with the program, we're only recording the audio today, but going from there. So if you could real quick, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what it is that you do. Okay. Um, 
so as you mentioned, my name is Jordana. Uh, a lot of people call me Joe. So my business is actually called Joe Levine Nutrition. Just to keep it a little more casual from my former corporate world. Um, but I'm a holistic nutritionist now. And before that, I worked in the world of corporate marketing and PR. Uh, you know, those busy long days that I'm sure a lot of your listeners are used to and familiar with. And kind of just went through my own experience of being really overwhelmed, working really, really long days and burning out. And so I kind of found this thing called holistic nutrition and started healing myself. And I realized I had to go back to school and share it with the world and help people like myself feel better. Okay. You're, you're talking about healing yourself. What, what, what do you mean actually in that regard? Like what was in this phase of your life at that point in time, you're maybe going through a little bit of burnout, right? That, that stress that we're all feeling right. And there was something that, was personally wrong with you that had to be fixed or, or was it just the, the cycle of life didn't, didn't feel right to you at that time? You know, both. Um, I was definitely personally getting really sick, honestly, kind of from the time that I got out of university and started working. Um, I started developing a lot of food allergies and sensitivities. I started getting really exhausted and I was constantly anxious actually, because every time I ate, I would feel sick or something would happen or I'd get a weird reaction. And I went to like a ton of different doctors and healers and all these people. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I really just couldn't get to the, the root cause of it. I was just getting these kind of band-aid solutions that weren't working out. And the more burnt out at work I got, I find a lot of people that I work with experience the same thing. The more burnt out you get, the more your body feels it and the more your body starts to break apart and get sick. And, you know, you just can't cope with the things that you should be able to cope with because you're constantly stressed and exhausted. And, you know, we can get more into the science of it if we want, but the more stressed out your body is, the less able your body can function properly and actually do the day-to-day -day things that it's supposed to. Now, so, I, yeah. I, I do want to overshare. I, I want to become that vulnerable guy right here on the program and put it all out there. there it, it was a couple of years ago. And, and the stress was just building so much. Those projects and programs were, were building to a point to where you're, you're sitting down, you're doing those extra hours, you're working through your breaks, you're doing everything that you have to do for the good of the mission, because you're a quality person, right? You're doing it for the good of the mission, not necessarily for the dollar. And next thing you know, you're, you're getting the hives. Next thing you know, you got these stomach pains and these 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 troubles where it's not necessarily an ulcer, but it's it's something else. You're starting to develop these allergies, let it be to to wheat or to to something else. Or they're trying to figure out exactly what it is. And at the same time, you're sitting at your desk, you're pounding monsters and Red Bulls. You're just trying to stay awake. And then at the same time, you're working hard. So then you're playing hard and you're going out and you're having those cocktails. You're having the business meetings. You're going out. You're doing the sushi. You're playing the golf. You're doing everything. You're back in the office. You slept two to three hours and the stress is building. And now what, what do you do? The burnout turns into something real. And you go to all those doctors exactly like what you're saying. Is the answer always in the pill? Maybe not. And this is what you're trying to tell us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's such a common experience. And a lot of us don't like to talk about it. And I think in that working world, we try to put on this facade of like looking really polished, having it all together. And I totally was that person because you want to look great for, you know, I worked agency side, I worked client side. You want to look good for your clients. You want to look good for your, your colleagues and your manager. But yeah, it's, I mean, that's the thing. It's not always in the pill. And often you go to a lot of these doctors and, you know, nothing against that. Those professionals, everyone has their place, but no one can know everything. And sometimes there isn't an answer that's that simple. And almost every client that I work with, both, um, you know, I work with people individually and in corporate workshops. So we'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. But they all tell me that they go to doctors and the doctors say, it's all in your head nothing's really wrong. Sometimes they'll give them like some sort of antidepressant pills, um, just something to help with the stress and the anxiety, but it's really not fixing the root cause. So that's what in holistic nutrition we're looking to do. We're going to, okay, what are all these symptoms and all these troubles telling us about what's really going on in your body and how can we fix that? So not just, okay, 
you have bloating, you have indigestion, you have anxiety, let's give you a pill so you don't feel that symptom anymore. But what is that telling us? Is your gut damaged? Do you have a hormonal imbalance? Um, do you have maybe some sort of parasite? Like it can get really crazy. We yeah. don't know what, but we need to dig a little bit deeper. And then, you know, you can't, people are always asking, what's the one magic pill? There isn't one. The magic pill is living your life in a healthier way. Question for you. Now, uh, some people, as they start to delve into these things, they hear MD. And we're talking about the HR world, HR talk right here, right? So everyone's all into these post-nominals. And, uh, you know, they hear MD, they hear doctor, they hear DO, they hear something else. They start researching what a DO is and, and more of a, a whole body, holistic approach to things. You have some post-nominals at the end of your name. You, you've got CNP and NCP. What do those mean, if I may? Sure. Um, certified Nutritional Practitioner. Um, and in CV, they're, they're just, um, the second one is an association that I'm a member of in Canada. Um, you know, they provide support to me. They help as well for me to um, get coverage with more insurance companies so that more people can work with me because we aren't part of, I mean, up in Canada, we have public health care and things, but we also have, you know, our, our private health care and even that doesn't always cover what I do. So those letters kind of help to hopefully get more coverage. Um, but yeah, it basically means I'm a nutritional practitioner. I'm certified in that way. Um, so here's, yeah. a, here's my reason for bringing it up. You know, a lot of people hear about this and, and we've all been living through it in the working world, right? You, you hear these stresses, you talk about these wellness programs and ultimately at the end of the day, I'm just trying to go to what, maybe not me. Okay, but just being that devil's advocate here, right? I'm, I'm just trying to go to work. I want to go to work, uh, get paid. I'm not there to make any friends. I'm going to leave work. I'm going to go home and take care of my business, do what I have to do. I'm going to watch football. I'm going to drink a 2-4 with some vouchers that Josh gave me. And then I'm going to move forward from there on into the next day and just kind of keep going. And I'm a guy, and that's how it is. And this holistic, earthy, crunchy thing, yeah, these people rise up out of nowhere. No. You actually go through some training. You're actually someone that's certified. You're someone that knows a little bit more than the average bear when it comes to something like this, right? For sure. And I would say to, I mean, with what I'm doing, I probably spent about two years of my corporate professional life self-teaching on nutrition before I even went back to school. So while I was working my full-time PR marketing manager role, I was listening to podcasts every single day on my way to and from work and reading books every night. Um, so by the time I got to school, honestly, I really knew the nutrition stuff, but my background is like, I have a journalism degree, so I don't know the science and I needed to go learn the anatomy and physiology and the biochemistry and, you know, learn about the supplementation protocols. And that's what I really got out of the program, I would say. Okay. And now in, in, in the days that we're in right now, this isn't just something that you're doing for fun. This is an actual business. This is something that you're helping managers, leaders, listeners of this podcast actually implement programs within their organizations. Or are we talking more one-on-one -on -one attention with individuals or a little bit of both? Where are you in the space today? I would say it's 50-50. So I always had the intent because of my experience in the corporate world. I wanted to get back there and help those people because I just understand what they're going through every day. I understand those long days where sometimes you're working 12 plus hours and you don't have time to make a meal or prep. Um, and I wanted to help those people. So I do it on one-to-one -one level and on a corporate level. So I do have, I have a program that's pretty popular that I work on with a lot of clients, mostly people who work in that space and it's a 12 week program and we basically take you through how to deal with these, you know, issues with food, um, helping you meal prep better, getting you to through burnout, this anxiety that comes with food issues. Um, and then on a corporate level, I do kind of, you know, similar to lunch and learns. And I guess I feel like everything now is pre COVID post COVID world. Yes. Um, so in the post COVID world, they're all virtual, which is kind of, it's kind of been really awesome. Um, I was really concerned about not going in and doing it in person because I like to interact with people. And now I transition my private practice and my corporate uh, workshops virtual, but I'm finding they're going really well. Um, and basically what we do is I have a variety of workshops that I teach and they, they run in two different formats. So one of them is, I would say more of an employee engagement play. It's really fun. It's interactive. It's different than your classic workshop where we actually cook together. 
Um, cause that's my first love is cooking. And that's right. really what I always wanted to do. All right. You blow my mind with this one here. So, so you're doing a virtual meeting with an organization or, or some individuals and, uh, well, of course, they're not they're not at the office right now, so they're not leveraging the the benefits of the snack machine. They're just living off of whatever their stockpile is as they're quarantined or locked down or wherever they may be. And we're we're gonna cook. So I'm not the cooker guy. Like I I could grill, okay, but I'm not I'm not gonna go into the kitchen and do that. So if you if I join this meeting, okay, I'm being the hypothetical here, and please punch me in the mouth with this one. Fire right back. You're going to ask me to go cook something. I'm going to go into the kitchen, and then I'm going to grab, like, uh, some Twinkies, some wafers, maybe some leftover pepperoni, things that are sitting in the fridge, the day-old pizza. I'm going to put it together and make magic happen, right? Or what do you do? What are we talking? How, do, how are you going to get everyone on the same sheet of music cooking at home? Totally. Um, not quite a Twinkie sandwich. I mean, maybe some nutritionist would approve. I'm not one of those exactly. But what you do on your own time, you know, up to you. <laughs> um, the way it works is, so let's say we're doing it for a company and we're doing it for a team. What's awesome about this is they can be anywhere in the world. You know, I've been able to do cross North America even where everyone basically gets an email from me the week before. It has a grocery list. It has a bunch of alternatives because I'm really big on dietary restrictions and allergies and preferences. And I also know shopping right now at the grocery store is stressful and sometimes we don't have things. So you get your list, you go shopping, you do the best you can. It's not about perfection. And then we get in the kitchen together for that, you know, 45 minutes plus a 15 minute Q&A and we cook a full meal together. So they're in their kitchen. I'm in mine. We all have the same ingredients. We're ready to go. And we walk through it. And I would say like what we're making and the way that I feel about food is it should always be really delicious, but it should also make you feel really good. So those meals that we're making are easy to make. They taste really good. Um, you know, I try to throw in some fun stuff for kids as well, because I know a lot of people are home with their kids yeah. and they want to find ways to engage them, especially if this is their lunch break. So, you know, whether it's like a fun chocolate nut butter energy ball um, that they can mix up with their hands. I try to throw that in as part of it. And then by the end, everyone has a meal that they can eat and enjoy. And I talk about it as well while we're cooking it. So they understand why we're making this meal, what about it is going to make them feel good and how they can do similar things at home in the future. So it's it's not just like, uh, I, I'm here to teach you keto. It's not like I'm I'm here to sell you a powder protein shaker product. What you're talking about is a complete life change teaching skills you're teaching people how to fish along the way not just feeding them as as you're moving forward and and now you've got them in the home you're not doing this at work they actually can go practical application step by step with you in the process so you're you're seeing larger gains post covid in this yeah. dynamic i would say so cuz i think it just that makes it easy. And with my one-on-one -on -one clients as well, I do the same thing. I was already going to their kitchens and cooking with them and, you know, getting my client who's 70 year old guy, never cooked in his life, excited about cooking. And now I've been able to bring that online and into groups homes for a whole, you know, roster of employees. Um, and then on top of that, so the other kinds of workshops that I do are more educational. They're okay. not necessarily in the kitchen cooking that we're teaching all those same skills and the same mentalities that you need to know. So honestly, my most popular workshop since COVID started is called food for mood. And I really like to start with that actually, because it gets people excited about basically the idea is they're learning how to build a plate with like three really simple steps okay. that is going to boost your energy and boost your mood. And it's not about, Oh, you have to use these specific foods or count these macros. It's literally just make sure these elements are on your plate and then a lot of, you know, sometimes we'll add on a cooking session later and they get to do it hands on. But it's giving everyone the actual knowledge to understand like why their blood sugar is tanking, why they're crashing at 11 a.m. and what they can do about it without having to go crazy and buy fancy things. Now, we could we could easily extrapolate immediately why there's benefits of this from a leadership perspective. But in mm -hmm. your words, what would those benefits be for the workforce if someone who's running a team or an organization wanted to take these steps, what are the benefits for that workforce in going through this uh, journey with you? Um, great question. And there's a lot of ways to put it. I think the simplest way to put it is that people now have the tools to actually 
nourish themselves daily and they're feeding their brains, they're feeding their bodies. The biggest problem this workshop was designed to solve is people sitting at home feeling fatigued and burnt out from staring at a screen all day, reaching for all the wrong things, fueling their bodies in the wrong ways and just feeling like crap and not being able to do their job well. That's, and, that's where we are right now. I mean, how many people do we know right now that are totally burnt out from Zoom that don't even want anything to do with Microsoft Teams? They're staring at the computer screen in their basement waiting for Kathy Bates to walk by and brush their hair. Like they're not having good times at home. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Our listening audience here today. So, so these things are real. I mean, people are experiencing this and this burnout we're reaching that point where where with you in Canada, with me in the United States, we don't have that pleasure or opportunity anymore just to take the weekend and say, hey, I'm going to cross the border and enjoy wine country in Ontario for the weekend. No, I can stare across the water. I can see the wine country. I can't do anything about it. I can enjoy my crappy wine on this side. And remember back to how amazing your wine was. There's no in between right now. But that's, that's minor stresses right there. The bigger stress is your life. You're, you're talking about different ways that people like don't even have an opportunity anymore to, uh, to maybe even buy their own food. Some people are out of work right now, and, and things are very tight and tough. So when we think about maybe not just the workforce, if we think about the larger perspective of all of us as a whole, there's things that you're bringing to the table that could also help in that regard too, right? Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I got out of eating better and eating smarter and, and I'll preface this by saying, I thought I was eating really healthy always. I was always into health. Um, but I was just missing a few key points and just seeing the difference in how your brain works and your mood, seeing how, like I used to feel symptoms of depression and anxiety all the time. And it's because you're eating the cheap stuff. You're, and the thing is, you can still eat cheap foods that are good for you. It's just the ones that are put front and center when you're grabbing something at the drive-thru or grabbing a snack on the way out, or maybe we've stocked or covered with. They're not always the right choices, but there are those choices available. And I think once people know what they are, and I see this with all of my clients, they tell me within a week, their brain fog is gone. And they're not craving all these snacks and all this junk anymore. And they just feel better if they're happier. I instantly think about how something like this paired up with like a psychologist could help so many people. <laughs> and, and, but to that though, jokes aside, how many people do like actually lean on you for emotional and moral support through some of these processes? Because you seem like a, a very open individual that's willing to help others. I, I, I could honestly foresee where it might get strange with some people over time. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And you hit it right on the nose. I joke that I feel like I'm half nutritional counselor, half therapist. Um, and it's, it helps because I've had those experiences myself. And the most common thing that I experience with people is anxiety surrounding food because they, they come to me because they're feeling sick every time they eat anything and they're just feeling exhausted and it scares them. It literally stresses them out to think about eating or going out with friends or going to someone's home to eat there. Um, and we spend a lot of time talking through that anxiety and stress or even, even getting through that diet culture. And, you know, we could talk about that forever, but what we think we should eat and being afraid and seeing all these foods that have been villainized, that they're stressed about eating and, and helping get people over that and just get them to a place where they can start caring about feeling good and nourishing themselves. So we talked a bit about the, the virtual cooking, some of the benefits there. We, we dipped into the educational workshops a little bit, but to kind of expound upon that just a little bit more, if we could. So from that, from the corporate perspective, I'm maybe not currently working with someone with your skills and expertise. I am looking to instill some sort of program at my facility to help my remote workforce and, and try to get people in a better spot. Depression is really hitting hard right now. You, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Through your educational wellness workshops, you do have some bullet points on the website. And we talked about it a little bit already. But if you could just expound a little bit more on that for those leaders and managers that are looking to incorporate something like this into their new fiscal years, into their new physical years next year, as, as we continue to face these uncertain times. Um, good question. So 
I mean, there are a couple ways you can do it. I can explain. So the structure of the workshops, I make it really simple. As I mentioned, I have a background in communications. Um, so I know how to communicate what I'm doing very easily. I study journalism. So I write everything for you so that, because I know HR managers don't want to worry about writing out the invitation, figuring out how to phrase it in the best way to get their employees to want to attend. I do that for you. Um, and I make it exciting. And I really highlight those bullet points so that all they have to do is take the invitation from me. And, you know, if it's a cooking session, they get a little handout that goes with it as well. It looks pretty. It has nice pictures. Nice. It has my bio. They can go read about me before and get excited. And all they have to do is hit send. And basically, I've also made it so that they invite me to their video conferencing platform. So whatever your company uses, I find it's easier to just use that because the employees are already comfortable with it. And, you know, let's say we're cooking and that's something that you're not comfortable with. I don't want to add another layer of that. So like if you use Zoom, we use that. If you use Teams, if you use WebEx, whatever it is, I'm there. I worked in digital marketing. I'm happy to figure it out. Um, and then we go from there. You just hand over control to me. I take it over for an hour. We talk. I take questions. Um, we have great discussions and people are welcome to ask questions throughout so they can really take home true learnings. Um, and then at the end of each session, so whatever that session is about, whether it's food for mood, whether it's, um, you know, work from home, healthy habits, whether it's about boosting your immunity, I have a whole bunch of them. You get a handout at the end that not only recaps what we talked about, so you don't have to take notes throughout it, so you can really stay engaged and stay present. Um, I also give you a handful of recipes so that you can go home. They're all really easy. I believe all of them are like 30 minutes or less ingredients that are easy to find um, and you can take it with you. There's some words on the internet. And as you know, like I do, everything on the internet is true. <laughs> and these words read like this. Let's get this pulled up here. It says Canadian companies lose $16.6 billion in productivity per year due to employees calling in sick. And one in four people leave jobs due to that work-related stress. This is directly from Joe Levine Nutrition, straight from your website. So these statistics, these numbers right here, this is real world. This is real life. And and when, when we're talking about that remote workforce right now, that COVID workforce, those people that are have the banks of sick time and they're up all night, they're stressed out, they're, they don't know what to do, they're, they're climbing the walls in a way, you're presenting an opportunity of a new life, not just a, not just a new way to cook your salad, if that's even a thing. Do people cook salads still? I mean, you, you can cook elements. <laughs> all right, cooking <laughs> elements. Of this, that's right. J JC, don't don't put the whole salad in the wok. All right? Take it easy there, bud. Wilty right. lettuce and all, right? You know? So uh, you've had a lot of good feedback over time. You've had a lot of good statistics here that you're laying out a good case for yourself. What do you say to the employer that's on the fence? What do you say to that leader or manager that's on the fence that is not yet sure they want to take this magic leap, that they want to head down this wellness path for this next fiscal or physical year. How do you convince them that this is something that they really do need to do, aside from the numbers and statistics that we mentioned from the website right there? Yeah, I mean, those numbers are numbers. And I, everyone likes stats, so I put them on my website. But you know, speaking from my personal experience, and I think if you ask any HR manager or any employee, um, we've all been in situations or seen other people in situations where they've left jobs because they're not supported and they're not healthy and they're not happy. And I can tell you from my personal experience, I've left more than one job because I could feel my body shutting down and I was so sick that I couldn't be there anymore. And I did not have something else on deck. That's how bad it was. Oh, no. And these aren't companies that, these are companies that have even gotten good ratings and people say they're great. You know, I'm not going to name any names. It's yeah. dependent on the team, but, but we need to support our employees and, you know, we need to give them that positivity and feel like, you know, especially when we're working from home and our lives, our work lives and our home lives are one and the same at this point. I know, you know, some people say you go home, you don't worry about work. It's really hard to do that now. And it becomes even harder when you're feeling so sick and burnt out that you take your stress home with you and you can't do anything else. And it's this constant cycle. And if all you have to do, I mean, I'll, I'll mention as well, I'm putting together, you know, some full year programs for companies where they do quarterly workshops, but I always offer my first one 25% off. It's a discount. You just do a one-off, you get to try it out and get feedback from your, from your employees, like see how they're responding and 
and see how excited they are and, you know, maybe set up a challenge with them to see how that motivates them and, and let them tell you that they're feeling good. This is not voodoo science either. And what I mean by that is for those that are on the fence out there saying that, because there's a lot of you, there's a lot of you that say that, you know who you are when I'm saying these words right now. But all you need to do, if listening to this isn't starting to get you there, take a look at what HRCI tweeted out this past week. They grabbed an article from FastCompany.com, and I'm going to bring a couple of these uh, couple of these clips right out front for you here. It's part of the Secrets of the Most Productive People series, and uh, the article is titled, Why Sustainable Wellness Programs Incorporate an Employee's Whole Life. Now, this was written by Roxanne Crossley. I'm not going to read every single word. If you want more information on that, Google FastCompany.com with that article title right there. But she does say that wellness programs have long been eyed with suspicion for about as long as firms have taken an interest in how employees live off the clock. Startup culture has not exactly helped advance concept of employee wellness and so-called work-life balance, chef-prepared dinners, chair massages, on-site yoga classes, feel less like a helpful nudge to stay healthy and more like a shove to stay in the office. Productivity is a major concern with an all remote workforce. And due to the global pandemic, most of us who are fortunate enough to continue working are the remote workers. And it's not time to cut employ uh, to cuff employees with Fitbits or finger wag and unhealthy eating habits. Rethinking how to support workers beyond the office is key to surviving the pandemic. This is this is her quotes here. She's talking about this being a make or break moment and, and how this virus has sent some people to hunker down with extended families separated from others, from their kids and left some stranded abroad with roommates for company for extended period of times. And employee well-being is baked into our DNA at the end of the day. Right. Work hard, play hard, eat well. And amaze the customer. But our pre-pandemic program needs a massive reboot. And it's up to the leaders to continue to put your skin in the game. This article is in-depth. And it goes all the way around the clock talking about that continual discouragement. And how CEOs tell us point blank not to work all the time. But they don't always present options for us. And ultimately at the end of the day, in light of the pandemic, priorities do shift. And it's up to us as leaders out there to take that charge, lead that shift, decide what that next step is going to be. You do not have to, and, and I'm not quoting the article anymore. I'm just going off the cuff here. You do not have to do what you used to. You do not have to do things in a way that's old hat. It might be time to revisit things from a different perspective. And what Joe's talking about right here is an opportunity to do this in your own home in your place of work, in a way that's comfortable for you. But then also, this is not, by any stretch of the imagination, an infomercial. This is talking about ways to fix the problems within your organization, to fix yourselves and to live better lives at the same time. Don't get me wrong. She'll be more than happy to help you out. There's other professionals that'll be more than happy to help you out, though, too. Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... You just have to be I one of the best of them. You just need to be engaging. I think, you know, there's a, that marrying the nutrition and wellness with being able to keep employees excited and make them feel motivated. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that do it. Um, I've, I've attended workshops that are great. I've attended workshops that are not so great. You just got to find the right ones. But from, from outside looking in, I have to tell you, Joe, honestly, when, when someone's coming to the table with a preformed package the way that you are, where the material is already assembled and put together in a way that it's going to be a seamless integration into the organization in a way that I really don't have to do a lot of heavy lifting anyways, you actually just kind of won the battle before the fight even began. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you, years of preparation have gone into this. This is not just something that happened yesterday. Uh, let's, If I could real quick, the journalism thing. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Did I used to see you on CTV or CBC? I mean, what did you used to do there, if I may? Um, so I didn't work in journalism for that long. That is my bachelor's degree. And I worked in it for a bit. So I specialized in television and magazine and university. Although, honestly, I think I was really bad on camera until the last couple of years when I started doing, I don't know, like Instagram and virtual workshops. That's what really got me better on camera. Yeah. Um, I, did, I was a big writer, loved writing. And it was always my dream to be a food writer, honestly. Um, I always loved food. My dad literally taught me how to cook when I learned to speak. 
Nice. That was a lifelong thing for me. And just being able to tie that into making people feel good and happy was something I always wanted. So I worked for a couple, honestly, my journalism stint was basically all unpaid. Um, I worked for one of the biggest uh, daily papers in Canada called the National Post. That was my first internship. Oh, yeah. And I wrote my arts and life department. It was kind of like, you know, write five stories a day, get it all done. Sometimes you get to go to some cool stuff. Um, I took charge of all the food writing at that time, you know, not opinion pieces, but all the interviews with celebrity chefs and things like that. That's awesome. Um, it was, it was a great experience. It was, you know, short lived and I don't think they have unpaid internships to that extent anymore. I don't know if that's allowed really, <laughs> um, but it was cool. And, and then after that, I actually worked at, uh, one of the biggest fashion magazines in Canada for about five months uh, as an internship and I feel like people don't believe me when I tell them I worked in fashion and beauty and stuff because I'm so not like that anymore <laughs> um but yeah I, there I was most like I was doing all you know the copy editing and fact checking and going on set and like the stuff you see in the movies where you make sure they have all their clothes steamed um and then after that I kind of moved into the marketing space and I continued to create content but for different brands some people out there, when you watch TV, you might do what I do. You might do what she does. I don't know if you do this. You got to work with me on this one. But you watch a TV show, you watch a movie, and you start critiquing. Like you watch the news and you see that that weather person stand up and they start telling the weather. And you say to yourself, why did the producer let them get on TV with their dress the way it is? Why didn't they fix the gentleman's collar? Why didn't they do this, that, or the other? Why aren't they paying a little more attention to the whole body of the person maybe not just their voice or their appearance or their face or maybe blend in the makeup a little bit better here's where i'm going with this one joe when you're talking about your background you got the journalism you got the health and wellness you got the cooking with dad from a young age moving on up you have a passion for this but you're not just looking at little individual things along the way all these things added up to become who you are right now it almost seems as if like this path has been pre-laid before you. Did you make a conscious choice to get into this or did this career path choose you? Uh, I think this career path chose me. And I think, you know, I fought it for a while because I worked in marketing for years and I was going that, you know, upward path that I thought was what you're supposed to do and working my way through the ranks. But I, you know, I always, always wanted to do the food thing. And all those years I was working in marketing, I was like, please, please let me get back to food. And, and actually my last job, I worked as a PR and marketing manager for a restaurant group. And I was like, yes, this is it. But it wasn't quite it. Cause really, unless you're the chef, it's really just hospitality. It's not food. You're not making the food or the recipes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think part of me getting really sick and dealing with my own health struggles just pulled me more and more into that space until, and I'm really lucky actually, because my mom also switched careers around the age of 60 and she became a career counselor and she works with people to help them transition into new careers. And, you know, she asked me this question. I remember so distinctly of, to rank what the most important things were in a job for me. And number one was passion and it's different for everyone, but that's what I needed. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to make this conscious decision to quit my management level job, go back to school full time at age 29 and and do what I really want to do. Hey, don't give away all your secrets now. People can't see it yet. I mean, maybe we'll get you on the cover art or something, but wow, 29. That's, that's a change right there at that point, though. At that point in the timeline. I mean, you've established yourself. You've done the schooling. You've reached a certain point. And to pull that trigger and shift gears, switch gears, that's a radical shift. Nowadays, you are your own boss. Is that right? Or do you work for someone else? Yeah, I am my own boss. First let's, time ever. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that magic leap. Because that takes, that takes a backbone. That takes guts. That takes people skills right there. You're putting a lot on the line. When did you choose to uh, break off onto your own and start this journey that you're on right now? I mean, I think as soon when I went back to school, um, even when I applied when I was, you know, 28 or whatever, yeah. I decided when I got out, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to do it my way. Um, I never really thought I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I do come from entrepreneurial parents. So I guess it was kind of in my DNA. Um, but I just, I feel like I'm, I'm a passion driven person, but I'm also a very like organized type A pragmatic person. And I feel like I worked at a number of different companies that were all big, reputable companies. And I kept seeing all these little things 
that I wanted to, that I wish they did differently and that I wish lined up with my values and my beliefs. And I realized I was never going to find exactly that at any job. And it was really important to me that as someone who has the marketing skills, but honestly, like I don't love marketing. I love talking about what I love. That's what makes me happy. So being able to market a product or myself or my services and being able to 100% stand behind it and feel that it's the right thing and that what I'm selling is genuinely going to help people was really all I needed to make me say, yeah, I'm going to do this. Well, you got to ask yourself, why, why are we here, right? Why are we here at the end of the day? Are we here to be miserable? Are we here to upset each other? Are we here to argue and fight and ladder climb and, and step on each other and stress each other out to the point where we can't even function at the end of the day? Or are we here to make each other's lives better? Entrepreneurially speaking, you stepped out, you took this, you took this magic leap, you found something that you had the passion in, you did it. What was, what was one of the biggest things that you encountered setting yourself up as an entrepreneur with this business that in hindsight, if you could lend any advisement to any other professionals that are looking to step out on their own and start their own business, what's one piece of advice you would give them to consider on their own prior to making that leap or in that process of starting that entrepreneurial path? I think you need to ask yourself if you are 100% on board with what you want to do and what that business is going to be. Um, because I think if you don't completely believe in it and you're not 100% excited to put every, you know, bit of blood, sweat and tears. And obviously like you can make your own hours, you can have days off if you need them, but if you're not willing to put in that effort and you don't really believe in it, I don't see how you can, you know, it's hard. There's a lot of hurdles. There's a lot of tough days and it's really easy to give up if you don't care enough. I got a big question for you about you. You are your own brand right now though, right? I mean, your website's labeled a little bit different though. I mean, it's, it's, uh, what's that? JoeLevineNutrition.com, right? Now that that's yeah. not the name on your license. I know that uh, Joe Levine may be, but Joe Levine nutrition is not, but to a degree, you still are your own brand at some point in time though, when you made that leap into the entrepreneurial path, there's a gray area, isn't there? There's that gray area of who you are as the individual, as that private person and what is seen, perceived and felt and embraced by the world through that process, right? Where do you draw those lines between you and your business as the business is also your name? Um, that's a really interesting question. And I think that was something that when I was building my business and, you know, registering it and decide what, what the name was going to be even, um, and deciding things like, you know, am I going to keep my personal Instagram or am I going to start a business one? Um, and I'm actually, I am a, an introverted private person. I don't think people believe me cause I'm chatty, but I, I really like my personal space and my personal time and, and I don't like to share my whole life. And I mean, my husband is like really not on any social media. Sometimes I throw him in the stories, but um, <laughs> he like lets me begrudgingly sometimes. <laughs> I love seeing him, you know. Um, but I think I realized so much that my business came from me and it came from all of my experiences. And honestly, the people who I'm helping and who need me are just like me. And I guess that's kind of another piece of advice if your business is really you and your brand is you need to be open to sharing who you are and the struggles you've been through. And I was really hesitant to do that at first. I actually didn't post any photos of my face on my Instagram for like the first couple years. And I only posted food and I got a lot of feedback that people wanted to see more than me. And it was, it was hard because you don't always want to share your life with everyone. And sometimes, I mean, a couple months ago, I took like a full week off of Instagram and I just didn't open anything and didn't look at anything. And, and I needed that for me to reset and give that separation because you're right. It, it is hard. And I think when you own a business and you're the face of that business, you're rarely 100% turned off, which is why you need to love what you do. Um, but I'm also very comfortable. You know, if I go up to my in-laws cottage for the weekend, I put my phone away. I don't use it very much. Um, I don't feel the need to document every moment of my life. And, you know, like you pick and choose. I try to pick some of the good parts. I try to pick some of the not so good parts because I don't want people to think that I'm perfect because I'm definitely not or that I'm 100% healthy, which I'm not. Um, 
So like, I think that's the thing from a brand marketing background perspective and just personally what I've seen, like you got to show the whole picture. In your bio on the website and a couple times during our discussion today, you talked about a uh, point in time in your life where, where you were sick. And I, I didn't want to hit that too much in the beginning. I did want to make sure that we laid that base for everyone. But if you don't mind, is it okay to talk about that a little bit? Maybe delve a little bit deeper into that. What happened with you? For sure. Um, and I definitely started talking about it more. And I think it really helps for people to see that, you know, it's okay to be sick and it's not your fault. And sometimes these things happen. Um, and I'll be 100% honest. I'm not completely better yet. I have my own practitioner, holistic practitioner who I work with. And I'm still healing from new things that I didn't know about before. And she's trained in areas that I'm not. Um, but I mean, in general, what happened is basically out of university, I would say right, right when I graduated, I started developing some food allergies and sensitivities. Um, and I had some seasonal allergies before that. And I started getting pressure headaches and migraines. Um, and at first it was just, I became allergic to shellfish and it kind of came out of nowhere and it was very stressful. And I actually had quite a traumatic experience with an allergist where I went to her and she was very harsh and really didn't give me much support and just, you know, gave me an EpiPen and sent me on my way. Uh, and so shellfish, you, you're talking like, uh, what are you talking Lobsters, crabs, uh, scallops? All that good stuff. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I went on the East coast. So I used to eat that all the time actually. And yeah, so that was like the first sign. So yeah, shrimp, lobster, those are the first ones. And then I started discovering more things that were starting to make me sick. So like dairy and eggs and gluten and even just going out for meals and not being sure what it was, but literally the symptoms for everyone are different. For me, it was kind of like a throat constriction, a tightness in my throat, like difficulty breathing sometimes, getting hives, getting congested. Um, I would say more commonly, a lot of people get digestive symptoms, but for me, it was really in that area, which was incredibly stressful. And it made me anxious quite often because you feel like you can't breathe sometimes and you don't know why. Um, and I went to, you know, I went to a therapist, I went to multiple allergists. I went to a couple of naturopaths. I went to a lot of doctors. I went to the emergency room a couple of times when it was really bad. Um, and it just kind of kept getting worse. And I just couldn't figure out what it was. And everyone told me there was nothing really wrong with me. And it was incredibly frustrating because I knew that it was, and it was making me stressed. It made me scared to eat. It made me scared to go out with friends. Um, it made me stressed about going to people's homes where they would cook something and I wouldn't be able to eat it. Yeah. And it's a social thing too. Um, and then I kind of started thinking about how, how much I love food. So that was the other hard thing. I love food. <laughs> I always love food. And it sucks that I couldn't eat anything. Yeah. And I started learning about, you know, what things cause inflammation, why these, why these symptoms were happening. And if there was a way that I could use food as a tool for healing rather than this stressful thing where you're just, and I see this with so many of my one-on-one -on -one clients where it's like, they have this tiny list of foods that they can eat and they, they can't eat anything else. And they're scared to touch it. Even though they know there are lots of other foods that are healthy, but they're so afraid right. that it becomes like food becomes a very limiting thing instead of a beautiful thing that you can enjoy. So if I may real quick, I, I, I do know some, someone very close to me that that has has kind of gone through something very similar, but also reached the point where it was like uh, something made you scratch a little bit. And then next thing you know, you're starting to turn red and welt up where those scratches are. And it did, it just so happened to be on the backside of eating something and being told that you might have the wheat allergy or you might have the allergy to the shellfish or you might have this, might have that, might have the other. And it's turning out to be nothing along that. What, what did that turn out to be in your instance? Um, so it was a combination of things. And I figured out some of them on my own. And then I figured out some of them working with my practitioner later. Um, in general, the symptoms for me were definitely a damaged gut, so a damaged gastrointestinal tract, which is incredibly common, and it can come from so many different causes. It can come from just plain old stress. It can come from eating too many processed foods or refined foods or too much sugar. Um, you know, it can come from taking a lot of prescription medications. It can come from pathogens or parasites. Well, yeah, if I may. I mean, there's there's been a lot of people talking about this over the past few years as well, if, if anyone out there knows what I'm talking about when I bring this up. But it, there, 
they're talking about like maybe in the in the milk in the dairy supply or maybe in in the noodles that they're eating or something like that they picked up a, a bacteria along the way or something like that and then this h pylori infection takes over and then people are actually getting drunk from eating carbs and then their bellies are starting to bloat and swell and they don't understand what's happening and it's a natural fermentation process happening in the gut at the same time as this bacteria taking things over then they're on this prescription that prescription a drug that would cure malaria a drug that would cure covid like they're actually but like shining light into their bellies doing whatever they get like i'm getting crazy with the thoughts here but like people are doing crazy things and when i say people are doing crazy things i'm talking about the doctors the nurses the nurse practitioners the people out there that are doing everything that they can right now in an effort to try to help some people along the way but they might not be taking that other approach that holistic look the the big picture look like what you're talking about mm -hmm. so then with what you're talking about as you're discovering this along the way you're also revealing a, a new way of of living for yourself a new way of eating for yourself that helps solve some of these problems yeah yeah absolutely so i mean yeah along with the gut damage i found out more recently that for me it was parasites and i had them from a very young age and didn't realize yeah um, and that's really common i am working with a few clients right now who have the same thing and now that's become like a new passion point for me is getting rid of these critters so we can heal you because no matter how hard you work to heal yourself if there's something under the surface that's still there no matter how many times you heal your gut it's going to keep getting damaged so we need to we always say we remove first before we replenish and heal um and then yes so with the as you mentioned this new way of living it's food um but it's also when we say holistic nutrition it's truly it's holistic it's all the ways that we can nourish our body and that includes our lifestyle habits. It includes our mentality. Um, so, you know, when I work with clients, sometimes I incorporate lifestyle changes. I'll incorporate mindfulness habits. Um, you know, we do use supplementation. I've got a whole little dispensary behind me of all kinds of nutritional supplements. And, you know, a pill isn't the answer, but sometimes it is a temporary support to help you replenish nutrients that are preventing your body from healing because we need to support ourselves. We need our bodies want to heal really badly. Like they're really smart, but sometimes they just don't have the tools to do it. And by throwing a bunch of pills at them that just make you not feel anything anymore, it doesn't make it go away. It just makes it easier for you to ignore that problem. Well, well, while the body is smart, the mind isn't always smart, right? The mind just might be vegging out on TikTok for the past six hours and then not even realize it's nighttime and you miss three meals. I'm not saying that happened, but yeah, it's happened. I can't mm -hmm. lie. I'm addicted to that thing. The ticky tacky. Anyways, Joe, yeah. at the end of the day, from the business leader's perspective, from the individual's perspective, from anyone's perspective that is hearing this right now, you truly do feel that you could, you could help change someone's life, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's changed my life and, and I've seen it change other people's lives. If we could, please, just a few final thoughts, final words on your part and uh, some some parting words for everyone today before uh, we say our final goodbyes here, if you could. Um, okay. I think that we look at food a lot of the time and we look at all these diets and these trends as a way to hold ourselves back or restrict ourselves or, you know, that we need to employ more self-control or that we need to you know do things that other people say are right even if they don't feel right to us and i think the really cool thing about this holistic lifestyle is once you learn it and your body learns it and starts to feel good you get really good at paying attention to it so you're not having to fight against yourself when you talk about your brain not being smart you're really able to listen to your body and find what feels right for you um, and that's what's amazing about holistic nutrition is it really is individualized. I can certainly teach the concepts to a group and they apply to everyone, but we all take away something different. We all might eat a little bit differently. One of us might love meditation or yoga. One of us might just like going for a run. Um, it's just really, it's a really awesome thing when you can start to listen to your own body and find the things that are going to get you through the day and make you happy. I've got some rapid fire questions for you when you're ready. Here we go. Is it, um, is it plausible that people are stuck a little bit more in their own heads in the modern realm of social media and uh, they might need to spend a little bit more time in the world, enjoying their, their presence in the world and the presence of others and, and getting more in tune with themselves and, and the nature and everything around? Does that really help? 
Yeah, definitely. I think we get really bogged down with other people's thoughts and they crowd out our own thoughts and we just can't figure out what to do sometimes. When people talk about food and they say green things on it, what's your favorite green thing? Oh, I love all green things. Um, I do love kale, but in like kale chip forms and crackers, it's delicious. Or avocado. That's a good one. If you're dealing with kids and the kids say, I hate the green things, what do you recommend? You know what? There's really easy ways to hide vegetables and green things in your food. Um, I'm actually thinking of a particular recipe I have on my website. It's for mint chocolate chip ice cream pops. Um, And they're made with like, they have spinach and avocado, but you can't taste it. I gave them to my husband and he's like a recovering picky eater. And he thinks (laughs) chocolate chip ice cream and like there's no dairy in them there's no like you can you can always find a way or like throw them in a smoothie if you throw a bunch of like blueberries and some spinach in a smoothie they're not gonna know is it really beneficial to just put some protein powder in that and shake it up or put some protein powder in the batter and stir it up does that solve the world's problems (laughs) it doesn't solve the world's problems uh we need protein i think you know, going to this mood balancing, we need protein, fat, and fiber in every meal. So if you don't have protein in your meal, sure, throw in some protein powder. But if that's all you're eating, it probably won't solve the world's problems. Can you be holistic and, and nutritionally sound and still eat poutine? Mm, poutine. Absolutely. I think you can eat any food. There's no off-limits foods. It's just about balance and, you know, eating healthy most of the time. And also, you know, that's good for the soul. So if you need that once a month, go for it. Now we're talking. Now you're selling me. Now I'm bought in on this. Now we're talking. So so like a red wine, a white wine, a beer or whatever, that part doesn't matter. All of it's good as long as it's in moderation is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're fighting with yourself all the time and you really want something and you won't let yourself have it, think about the kind of stress that's causing, you know? I mean, we're not talking about people who have issues with alcohol, but like if you want a glass of wine or beer, my husband works in beer. He has a beer quite frequently, like at the end of the day, it's fine. No worries. But if it doesn't feel good to you, like I don't like drinking as much and I don't, and that's fine. What is the name of your website and what are the best ways people could get in direct contact with you? So my website is joelevinenutrition.com. And if you want to find out more about the corporate page, go to the corporate page and there's a contact form right there. So you can reach out to me that way. Um, I love Instagram, as I think I've mentioned a few times. <laughs> so I'm also at Joe Levine Nutrition on Instagram and on Facebook, if that's more your speed. But I talk a lot on Instagram. Um, so if you want to learn more and just get little tidbits and motivation, find me there. And that's free. No one has to buy that. Like we could just start following you on the gram today. We can learn more about you. Maybe maybe join the pack of people. Join the tribe, right? I mean, this isn't just you. Like we were talking, there's a whole community of people out there. You just happen to be one of the best people doing it. That's all, right? Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a community. And, and I often share my colleagues' information. We all help with different areas. Obviously, like I'm all about burnout and, and corporate and digestive healing. Um, but we refer to other people as well. And... Yeah, I'd love to have you join me there. Honestly, like shoot me a note. Tell me, listen to this. Tell me something you're going to implement or something you want to do differently. Um, I'd love to talk with the community. And lastly, the customizing of programs versus programs you already have in the can. You're flexible on both sides or do you prefer to move into an organization with a program you already have? Or is it uh, better for you to work hand in hand with leaders and managers to craft a program that might be best suited for their workforce? Um, so I have, I mean, I have pre-made workshops, but I I always like to talk to the HR manager and find out what the problems are and what the biggest hurdles are with their team. I do find right now there are a lot of similar problems among different organizations, but I always want to make sure it's the most beneficial for the team. So whether that's tweaking one of my existing workshops or just building a package of quarterly workshops that suit your problems and your needs the best, um, I'm happy to do either. They honestly, whatever is going to make your team the happiest is going to make me the happiest. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Levine. Can't thank you enough for being here on HR Talk this week. It's been my pleasure. And let's throw it back to you, Rick. Thank you, JC. Well, folks, what I tell you, I'm telling you, it's there are different ways how to deal with burnout and there are different ways how to deal with health and welfare for your associates, for your organization. If you make it into a culture, 
then it's not something you check off the box. It really is not. So thank you very much, JC. Really appreciate it. Thank you for Joe Levine. You are always welcome back on the show, especially with a topic this important, because let me tell you, with again, with everything happening in, in this day and age with COVID-19 and people being just burnt out, um, it is, it, it, it's, there's no better time to really take a step back and, and just take an assessment of what you're doing to take care of yourself. So, folks, with that said, guess what? That is the show. So, JC is still on assignment. We have another great one coming to you in a few days. Um, I'm not going to say too much about it. Just stay tuned, and uh, this one will rock your socks off. Again, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. We even have a Tiki Talkie, TikTok. We even have that. I don't know if it's still legal for us to download that or not, but uh, as of right as of this recording, I think we are able to still uh, mess with TikTok. So you can find us on their HR Talk podcast. Um, please like us, leave us a like, give us a horrible like, whatever it is. Let us know how you feel about us. We want to know um, what you think. Any feedback would be great. Um, yeah, let us know. Have a good one, folks. Good night. These pretzels are making me thirsty.